Welcome, everybody, to the PCM Podcast. My name is Dorsey Call, and on the panel with me this week is AJ, Lego, Quad, Last King, and J-Way. So we're going to start at the top, where we usually do, and River Plate are still first. They got 72 points, but they have slipped a little bit, and I think last week we kind of said the title race was over, and I, I think that is no longer the case. Orlando are just behind them one point off. River Plate beat Juventus 2-0 on Sunday, but they actually lost to New York City last night and drew to Liverpool. They still have Man City, Juventus, and Orlando to play out of the top teams. So are you guys surprised that River Plate are starting to slip, or did some of you guys see this coming? I personally didn't really see it coming. I actually talked to Cassie a lot, who's the manager of River Plate, and we were talking in a private message actually the other night before they dropped the points, and he was talking about how he got a new job, and I was thinking, oh God, here's the gold sin for us to uh, pick up some points, and it happened, so that was, that was kind of nice. <laughs> Personally, I mean, I, I never would have saw this coming. You know, they've been so consistent the entire season that uh, it looked like the, the title race was over, and I know that Arsenal and maybe a few of the other middle table teams we kind of gave up hope on the season and started just thinking about the cups. And now, uh, you know, we find ourselves regretting it a little bit because who would have ever thought that this actually would end up happening? Yeah, 100%. Replay do have a game in hand in Orlando who are in second, but Orlando are just one point behind now. They drew Juventus 2-2 on Sunday, but they've won their last three. They have no losses in their last 10, but defensive issues still could haunt them. They've conceded 14 in their last six games. The only real big teams they have left to play are City and River Plate, which is going to be on the final day of the season, so that could be one hell of a clash. So, Jayway, what do you think your chances are? Are you thinking you guys are going to chase them down? Yeah, I definitely think that we have a good, a really good chance now. After last week, man, they were sitting, I think, 10 points ahead of us or 9 points ahead, maybe with a game in hand, too. So that's going to give us a chance right there. And, I mean, I would have to say strength and schedule, they have a harder schedule than us in these last eight games and we also play them and so that game that game's going to come up huge because if we can beat them that's going to be a three-point swing and we're going to be right there with them and I know that at Orlando we want to win the double we want to win the Royal Cup Champions League and we want to win the league so this is our chance we're happy about it I love that it ended up working out that you two are playing on the final day Last year with Milan, I think we played Juventus like the second to last week of the season, and I think we were maybe a point off at the time. It was our chance to beat them, get back in first where we've been for a lot of the season, and they smacked us. They beat us like 4-1 from there. We didn't even get close again. So the fact that it's the last day, you know, as long as you're within three points, you're going to have a shot, which is going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about our defense is it's weird the way our defense works I feel like it's not bad I feel like what starts to happen is we score two or three goals and we're you know because I mean that's kind of what we do we're over 100 goals already in the season we start to get ahead and I feel like our defense slacks we start to try to push up the field DMs are trying to get stats you know how that goes the right right and left wings are pushing up too high and we start to give away stuff so I think our defense isn't as bad as the goals against says it is. If it's a close game, I mean, we've had a lot of clean sheets too, so it's kind of hit or miss, I'd say. Moving a little further down the table, young boys are sitting still in third, but they're 61 points, so they're 10 points off Orlando. 
Their hot streak kind of seems to be over. Just two wins in their last six. They beat Manchester United, but in their last four, they also have a loss to Arsenal and draws to PSG in Atlanta. So still a good shout to finish in the top six, but I think young boys' title hopes, I think, have kind of come crashing down. Another team in that category is Juventus, who I think I think we can pretty much say is four P is not going to happen. They had that little blip mid-season. They got on a good run, but they've kind of fallen off a little bit again. They have losses to Manchester United and River Plate, as well as draws to Chivas and Orlando in their last six games. And I know when we played them on Sunday uh, with Bayern, played them in the Royal Cup and in the league, they beat us both games, but they honestly both should have been draws in my mind. It was 3-1, to one, but they got two late goals, and then a 1-0 loss on an own goal from our backup keeper. So I think Juventus are kind of struggling in the league. Hopefully they can, for their sake, they can keep going in the Royal Cup and maybe get something out of the season. You guys happy, sad that the the Kings are done? First of all, I wouldn't call them done. I mean, if you look at the standings, they've got two games in hand to get to 30, and they'll be at 65. And the way River played is playing, I mean, uh, it's it's tough to say, man. I mean, all that needs to happen is Orlando and River played to have some draws or some losses, and they're back in it. There's still eight games left. That's a lot of games. And I think it's kind of nice to finally see a new champion about to be crowned in PCN. It was nice to see like, such a good team in Juve for so long, but I think a lot of people are glad that we finally have a champion who's most likely not going to be Juve and more likely going to be Orlando or River Plate. Now, I know there are some people that are maybe a little upset that those are kind of two new teams. It's not a team that's been here for a long time. It's, it's, two, new, it's two teams that came in for the season that are there at the top right now for the race, but a lot of the players from Orlando got a half season in last year for PCN, so they had the experience. About half of River Plate's roster were players that have been had multiple seasons at PCN. So while they were new teams, I think some people coming in and saying, hey, just you guys let some new people come in and win the league. I don't think that's quite fair. These aren't just you know brand new teams that came out of nowhere with no PCN history. I think when you look at it, a lot of the key players for River Plate are like players from PCN, like Quick, the big part of the defense, and Cassie. He has PCN history, and he's been outstanding this season. Yeah, Kessie has a good chance to be the first-ever player to win the Golden Boot in Super League, as well as be the top assister. 32 goals, 24 assists, which were both first in the league. So so rounding out the top seven, because I think that top six race is going to come down to the wire. You got Manchester United in fifth with 59 points. Had a really good week. They beat PSG, Juve, and Arsenal this Wednesday, but... That comes after they've lost to Young Boys in Atlanta on Sunday. So beating some good teams there, but kind of struggling with consistency. Man City, I keep talking to them and their players keep saying, we're so bad now, we're so bad. But five winnings and drought of a seven would possibly suggest differently. Although the best team they beat in that time frame was New York City. And they've got a really tough schedule the rest of the way. So Man City may be the team on the outside looking in. And right behind them are Arsenal, who were seventh with 56. Since the... League Cup win last week kind of slipped a little bit. They've lost to PSG, Juve, and Man U in the last five. Like you were saying earlier, Last King, do you think you guys just maybe kind of lost focus in the league? You know, what's what's kind of the reason for some of those losses? It's one of those things I think that actually my co-manager, uh, Lindsay McKay88, summed it up last night when she said that we haven't played well since that, uh, that cup final. I think that we definitely lost focus and we have had some stiff competition. I think the last night was actually a huge opportunity for us during this period of tight games. We had a game against Juve and a game against Manchester United. Definitely needed to come out of there with something, and we ended up losing both those games. 
which ended up dropping us back to seventh. So it's definitely been a time when we've lost focus. And if we don't change our focus now, we're going to be in a tough, tough spot. I'm just rooting for it to be a good finish for that top six spots. So, you know, I'm hoping you guys can get it right. Arsenal, you need to draw energy from whenever we were whooping y'all and you came back like a force <laughs> and beat us four to three in that league cup game that's what you need to draw back on <laughs> so it's so funny you mentioned that jay we still talk about that game that was probably one of the most fun games that, that, that any of us have ever been a part of in pro clubs and uh, i still don't know how that happened but that that game was just absolutely phenomenal well if you want to know a little bit of how it happened we lost the center back at halftime and we just kept with a three five two and y'all just started using our center backs. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get a little bit of luck on our side. I mean, Arsenal this season, we've managed to actually get a win against all the teams on the top half of the table except for Orlando. So, you know, in the league, you know, we knew that we had to come out and, uh, and play you guys really well. But you guys have managed to get our number in the league. I think it's that you guys play a lot of offense and we play a lot of offense. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but we probably have a little bit of a better offense. So I think we just kind of outscore you guys every time. Because you guys have a great offense. You, you guys score a lot of goals versus a lot of the teams. You've beaten a lot of good teams. So good job this season, for sure. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I mean, I really appreciate that. I mean, coming in, this is actually only my sixth month playing 11s. I'm fairly new to the scene, and this is my first season as a manager. So, you know, I've seen what you guys have done. And uh, for me, it, it's been a huge step up compared to what I'm used to. And uh, I've definitely learned a lot from people like yourself and other people around the league. It's been very, very fun, and it's one of those things is that learning from you and getting a chance to go over the top competition from you, I uh, really appreciate hearing that. Yeah, man, for sure. And speaking of players with about six months of 11's experience, Leon, their co-manager, Lego Dog here, have kind of righted the ship a little bit after a bit of an exodus of the team. They're still in 10th, 45 points tied with Atlanta and Liverpool, two wins and two draws, and just a 3-5 to five loss to Orlando in the last two game days. You guys seem to be avoiding the complete collapse. What's kind of been the thing to turn things around a little bit, Lego? Well, what's important is the players who have stuck around, like, really want to win. And we've been able to, like, just sign players to field a full 11. I feel like that's a very important thing. And Leek's done a great job recruiting and finding people to help fill some of the holes that were created when it seemed like half the team left. Yeah, and our offense has really picked up. I think Leak, for the start of the season, was really not playing his best form, and lately he's been scoring goals like a monster. So that's been really nice to see. love how Dorsey just got low-key ripped twice <laughs> during that. <laughs> you know, you got to take some criticism in this league for sure. Sorry, but, man. Uh, I mean, I had to say It's it. fair. <laughs> I was laughing in the background. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to any of the players who left. I think we lost like a lot of good players, but I think – just as a team, we didn't find a 11 that like really played for each other or played well. And I think we're doing that a little bit more now, but it's a struggle to find both good players and then have a team that plays well together. I think uh, this season we had a lot of talented players, but we were just not all on the same page, and that's what was killing us. Yep, I can agree to that. Well, another team that's starting to get it together in mid-table is Chelsea, who are the hottest team in mid-table right now. They've got four wins and a draw against Juve in their last six. They're up to 13 with 34 points. So that's a team that I don't think we've really talked about at all this entire season on the podcast. There's a lot of players on that team that have been together for a long time, and it surprised me that they were as low as they were for last season. Maybe they're starting to get things going in the right direction. 
Speaking of going in the right direction, Bayern Munich, we had two wins against Roma and Spurs last night and a draw versus Milan and Schalke the last few game days. Up to 16th with 22 points out of the relegation zone for the first time pretty much like the second week of the season. It wasn't even like my contributions. Like last night, I think I was one of our worst players, to be honest. We just, we had an 11 that worked. We finally got a couple of strikers who were putting the ball in the net. We were unlucky to concede some goals that we did. Just we've changed things around lineup-wise, changed formation a little bit. And the, the biggest problem with us is we've got a really tough schedule the rest of the season. We have to face Man City, Atlanta, Orlando, River Plate, and Arsenal in our final eight. So we had to have a good night last night when we were playing some teams a little lower in the table, and we did that. But we're by no means out of mix yet for relegation. Yeah, you're such a savior, Dorsey. <laughs> Shut they're up. Very happy. He was, they're very happy you were there. No, really, like last night, like really the players had stepped up, and I, you know, I wasn't awful, but I had a very average game. 17th now is Chivas with 21 points, but they're still six ahead of relegation. They had a nice little spurt a couple weeks ago. I think they won two games in a night or two games back to back, but other than surprising draw against Juventus and a draw against Schalke, they've got no wins in the last two weeks. They still have games left against. Milan, Spurs, and Bayern, though. So they've got chances to win some games against teams at the bottom, but also chances to lose and potentially slip into the relegation zone. Milan are in 18th with 15 points. They are now into the relegation zone for the first time all season. They have just one win since May 16th, about a month and a half. But they, like Chivas, have a pretty light schedule towards the end. They have games against Dortmund, Chivas, Schalke, and PSG in the bottom you know, six or seven or so. So if they can just get, you know, 11 on for one night and pick up a couple wins, they could get them out of there. But they're still in danger zone. And then finally, Spurs in 19th with 14 points. Just one win since June 3rd. They've got those games against Chivas and Dortmund remaining. But they also have to face Orlando, River Plate, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Young Boys. So if they don't pick up wins against those teams lower in the table that they have left, they may be one of those teams that's going to join Dortmund in D1 next season. Who are your guesses? For relegation. I would lean towards the current bottom three of Milan, Spurs, and Dortmund, just because Milan and Spurs have not shown any signs of life, and there's that six-point gap. But if Chivas aren't able to get some points out of those, they could easily slip into, I think, that bottom three. Does Milan play with seven, eight people every game? Like, what's going on yeah, there? They, they, they just okay. don't get a full 11. Like, like I was saying, the difference between having 11, even if it's maybe not the very best players, just having 11 makes a huge difference. Well, yeah, man, you're going to get torched as an any. Even if you're a good any versus a decent 11, you're going to get torched if you have to control five or six guys. It's ridiculous. And moving on to the Royal Cup real quick, we had our first leg of the round of 16 matches. Ajax had a 2-1 win over PSG. Arsenal drew Young Boys 3-3. Leverkusen beat Chelsea 3-2. Juventus beat Bayern, as I mentioned earlier, 3-1. Manchester United 2-0 over City. Orlando had a nice 3-0 win over Atlanta. River Plate beat New York City just 2-1, and then New York City beat them in the league. So New York City, I think, have a shot in that second leg. And then our last game, Roma drew Schalke 3-3. Three to three. How did that Juventus game go versus you guys? Was it like, did they go They go up 2-0? They like, how was the score? So they went up, I think, one nothing, and then we get a nice goal to equalize. And they scored two in the last, I think, 10 minutes. But that night we played Milan and then Lyon, and we played Juventus twice. This is not like me just being a dick or trying to like stir shit up. Juventus were the worst team we played that night. Milan with like nine and 
Lyon were better than Juventus that night, and we hot take. Like we should have deserved at least a draw. And maybe it's a hot take, but the guys on Bayern will back that up. Like we really felt more done by getting nothing out of those two games. Do you see the most surprising result there? I mean, in my opinion, the most surprising result there is the Manchester United 2-0 versus City. They've been doing well in the league, but they've had a real easy schedule lately. If they don't get it picked up, they could just slip out of the top six and get knocked out. And they're a defensive team. So losing 2-0 to zero to Manchester United, is, that's a rough loss for them. I think that'll do it for our cup discussion. And we will move on to AJ with our D1. Yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and roll on over. Our season is almost at an end. We have a champion in D1, Leverkusen. They have played all of their games. Nobody can catch them. They are the uh, Division One champs for Season 8 at 73 points. So, uh, you know, hat off to Rio and everything they've done. Pretty impressive throughout the season to see them climb and climb and climb. Benfica, they're at 65 points. They still got a game in hand. They could be caught by Inter. Inter's at, at 59 points right now. So if Inter was to win their two remaining games and Benfica was to lose, it would go to the first tiebreaker, which I'm not exactly sure what it is. Dorsey, do you know what the first tiebreaker is it's, actually? Is it, it is goal difference. We're traditional in that. I think Inter, by winning two games, they would move ahead. But Benfica play LA in their last game. So unless Benfica have a bad collapse on Sunday, and even a draw would clinch second place in promotions. So. Right. I wouldn't expect Benfica to draw, but you never know. That pressure can hit you where you don't expect it. It's kind of amazing to see, you know, Inter. Inter was pretty locked in and then is not doing well as of late. They still can put plenty of pressure to get on there, at least be the first seed in the playoff. Right behind them is Ajax. I mean, they're sitting at, at 56 points, Inter's at 59. They somehow have been able to maintain the turnover through the year. They had that big turnover where a lot of the team went to Benfica. Somehow they they're still sitting you know in fourth with 56 points, which they almost have guaranteed. They I believe they have guaranteed themselves a spot. Ajax are guaranteed to finish third or fourth because their goal difference and their advantage, so they will be in the playoff. Inter really kind of fell off towards the end. They actually lost a four to three to Benfica on Sunday, and then lost to Napoli and drew Atletico on Wednesday. Which, assuming Benfica take a business on Sunday, it'll be interesting to see what Inter can do in the playoffs if they can recover that form. Right, and we have Ajax right there, and then my own team, Napoli. We're at 50 points. We've got two games to go, but America is at 48 points. Leipzig is at 47 points in seventh, and Barcelona is in eighth with 47. So 47, 47, 48, 50 with two games to go for all these teams. Me being there, I feel I, I know we play America next this upcoming Sunday, so that's going to really decide quite a bit. But then Leipzig and Barcelona also have they have a lot of say because if they were to tie us, I know Napoli has the worst goal differential right now mm. of these teams. So it'd be something we have to make up, which we might be able to do. I'm not trying to talk bad, but our first game is welcoming to us. We play Real Madrid. That's the, probably as easy you can ask for. No disrespect, but, but then we play America in our second match. So that's going to be kind of indicative. There's a lot of matches that are seeing who's going to be in the playoff. I think that's one of the most fascinating things to me. But beyond that, go back to the whole thing. Benfica finishing solid. Inter Milan kind of having the collapse. And then beyond that, Leverkusen just taking control probably a month back and then just not letting go. They lost 4-3 to three to Benfica, I think, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they won their last nine games after that. They just put the foot on the pedal. They just said, we're not letting this title go to anybody else. And so big credit to them, to Rio, the guys. I really would have liked to have seen what Benfica could have done if they'd had that team from the start. They started with two wins, yeah. a draw, and three losses. 
Since then, they had 18 wins, four draws, and just one loss. But that loss was a 5 nothing loss to Bayer Leverkusen. It's been fun to watch. I enjoy the league. I enjoy playing. But when there's those times that I can watch another team and it means something, there's a whole different experience to be able to watch a game. It's been cool. I think, Quad, you, you're with Porto. What is it? You know, What's it like going through a whole season when you're not doing great, but you keep playing? Man, it's been a challenge for sure. I mean, we started out. I was just a player. I missed the first two games, and I decided I'd come back after a few seasons of not being in the league, a work schedule, stuff like that. But it's just been tough, but I've been trying to find, you know, little positives. Like, we beat Leverkusen, one of their only three losses. We beat them, like, I think it was 3-2. to two. Our keeper had 15 saves, so that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty big part with it. But mm-hmm. it's been a real challenge. I mean, I, I played in the Super League, and... It was always competitive, but I feel like this Division One this season is just crazy competitive. I mean, I don't know. Every week, every game's are just there. I mean, there's been a lot of blowouts, but oh, yeah. a lot of tough games also. You guys are in ninth with 38, so you're not going to get into the top six or anything for playoffs. But you sort of seem to emerge at the end of the season as sort of the best of the rest. I was looking through your schedule. It was really fascinating to look at the teams you were beating and the teams you were losing. You have been beating all the teams below you. You haven't lost to a team below you in the table since May 16th. But your win against Bayer Leverkusen is pretty much the only win you've had against the top eight in that same time yeah. frame. So you've been beating the teams you're supposed to, but you've been unable to you know, beat the teams above you. You know, What do you think the difference has been for you guys in those games? You know, we just have some minutes where we just struggle. I mean, last night against Barcelona, we started out the first 15 minutes, better team, and then the rest of the game, they just destroyed us. I think it was 5-0 to end it. But we had three or four chances. I mean, I think our striker hit the post two, maybe three times. You know, we'd have a lot of good chances. A few game, few weeks ago against Leipzig, I mean, I was playing any and got the most EA bullshit red card I've ever gotten in my life in the fourth minute. So that was just a really tough game. Hats off to those guys. Out of the IX, Napoli, America, Leipzig, Barcelona, any of those teams really stand out for you as the hardest you played this season? Oh, America, for sure. Those guys, their defense is just insane, man. You know, I've got a few of those guys on my Iceland squad. They're solid at the back, that's for sure. They just had a little bit of struggle scoring some goals. They've scored more than us, but they always tell us that they struggle, so I don't know. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, AJ, since you're playing them coming up here, I feel like that's going to be a pretty big game. Yeah. A, how do you see it going? And B, I look at the goal differential, and they've got you by a good amount. I guess that comes down to their defense. You kind of answered the question, huh? They're a team that started, gosh, probably 12th. They were good then, and they've slowly just improved and improved and improved. And the last time we did play them, they smoked us. I got nothing but respect for all those guys. They smoked us, and they should have. I'm not one to give excuses. We go off stats. My team lost. We had five guys. That's all we could muster on that day, which I feel ashamed of. That's the only time we've ever done that. With a brand-new goalkeeper, they're just like, I'll play it because I have to. Hats off to America because they literally messaged us back right away. They didn't take that much credit. You know what I mean? They didn't take that much credence in that win. They knew we didn't have our full squad. But coming up this Sunday, we're going to have almost our full squad. And it's really was going to dictate quite a bit who gets in because if they beat us or we beat them, you're almost for sure in. And if they win it and we're out of it, I'm all right with that. I want the best teams to go forward in D1, the ones that are ready to go to Super League. Because Super League is a different beast if you're really going to do good in it, is what I feel like. Hey, Dorsey, explain the playoff. Basically, we model it after, like, the English Championship. Third and sixth will play two legs. Fourth and fifth will play two legs. The winners of those games will play each other in the playoff final. And I said this last week that we were not having a podcast this week because it was July 4th. 
y'all can all roast me now. But unfortunately, that means by the time we have a pod next, the promotion playoffs will be over because they will happen next Sunday and then the following Wednesday before we record that next Thursday. So we won't be able to do a preview for that. But just going off of what we've been talking about, let's assume Benfica beats or gets a draw against LA and they go up with Bayer Leverkusen. Out of the other six teams, who are you guys saying is going to get promoted in that playoff final? I think mm-hmm. Inter. I mean, they're super solid. You know, the way they play, slow build up. It's tough to break down. I look at Ajax, and they're a little bit more wide open. We, t- we tend to have a harder time with them. And then America, when I play America, I feel like it's the role of the bounce. We play kind of similar styles. Leipzig, I cannot recall in terms of a gameplay style. And Barcelona, I just know with the turnover, that that always is dangerous because you don't know what you're going up against. I actually don't know, and I'm in this hunt, and I don't. All I know is it's just going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. My guess is going to be Ajax. I don't really know all the teams very well, but Ajax, I like their 87 goals for. That, 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 <laughs> I love that. Come on, baby. Score some goals. Yeah, right. At Pirates, they, they've allowed some goals. Yeah. To me, Ajax, I think that motivation, they see Benfica go up. I think that's going to motivate them to be like, screw those guys. We're going to get promoted mm-hmm. too. And so yeah. that's, that's my prediction. But beyond that, guys, really, I just want to go into the our, our stats. I'm looking for the goal leaders for this year in Division One, Season 8. It, I don't know how it happened, but <laughs> Lewandowski ended up with 50 goals. Can you explain a little bit, Dorsey? Yeah, so last week we had B-Don on, and we were talking about the Golden Boot briefly, and I'm pretty sure Liverpool Madkev from Bayer Leverkusen had 38, and Lewandowski had 33 goals this time last week. They had a couple reschedules, so they did play six games, two on Sunday and then four games yesterday. They scored 25 goals in those six games. Pretty good. He scored 17 of those 25 goals. <laughs> That's a pretty darn good red. So he's got up to 50. Liverpool Madkev is done for the season. So Lewandowski is your D1 golden boot. And I think even last season, the first season with 16 teams in D1, the golden boot was like 36, 38. 50 is a number I think that might stand for a little while. Not to be outdone by uh, Liverpool Madkev at 45. I played with him, and he he's an amazing amazing striker as well. Just to show the discrepancy, Mastermind, he had 31, but Mad Kev was at 45, and Louis was at 50. So they were just head and shoulders above the rest of the field. I've enjoyed it, guys. And the only thing I really probably have left is just certain shout-outs, like uh, Shakhtar, Big Daddy. I got to give a shout-out to them, going from the bottom of the league and developing a team that competes every single week, always communicates very well is looking to build and is a positive member of the community. I just got to say hats off to you for doing that. Rio, for putting together a great team, you know, over in Leverkusen, you guys, you know, absolutely dominated. Beat on for making that march at the end. And, you know, I play with your team quite a bit with Perp and Matt and all you guys out there. Uh, Thanks for being so open. King Snow is kind of my secret reporter. About every week he'll give me a tidbit of kind of helps me get a farther outreach with the league and Kufavelli at Inter. You guys coming into the league, dominating as much as you did, given a lot to talk about. Let's see, Ramos, Ajax, keeping keeping a team together as well through that huge turnover. And the last thing I have probably is for my own keeper at Napoli, Jeepers. He wanted me to say that he's still looking for a cup team. So hit him up. And guys, anybody I missed, I want to say thank you. And I enjoy the Division One. Does anybody else have anything to add to what Division One has been so far, except for Sunday? What's going to happen? Just a big shout out. This is the fourth season of Division One, and I think this is the season that D1 really established itself as a legitimate 
part of BCN. And not that every team who played in it before or won before, not that they didn't earn that or that time was wasted, but this season just really seems to have upped the game from D1. And I'm just looking forward to seeing it continue from here. And that'll wrap up the D1 talk for this week. We are going to go ahead and move on to our special interview. All right, guys, welcome to the PCM podcast. We are blessed and uh, privileged to have the free kicker 11, who's been in since the start of uh, PCN. World-renowned goalkeeper, perhaps the best at his trade, although that is negotiable. How you doing, free kicker? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? Not too bad, man. I'm pretty happy, I got to say. Um, I usually start off these things with a very simple question. How did you get into competitive leagues? Well, it all started with Ricky, honestly. It was FIFA 16, and I just wanted to play competitive. And I made a post, and Ricky first one to trial me, and he let me play in all of his leagues. And then finally, he got bored of VFL and every other league, and he made his own. And that's how PCN started. So you were right in there with Dorsey, right? And a, a couple others, I would imagine. Yeah. There was, yep. There was about probably about five or six of us that were on that VFL Sounders team in the MLS that are still in PCN today, which I think is pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Free kicker, as one of PCN's youngest ever admins and managers, what are some like the biggest challenges you faced when you were in those roles dealing with people who maybe didn't want to respect your authority? <laughs> biggest challenges is just like people when they know like I'm young and stuff, they just they immediately think, well, he's a troll or like stuff like that. He has like no right to be admin. Or sometimes I'm more mature than half some of these people that are like these. But I think the hardest thing that happened as manager was season two <laughs> and my whole team quit. That was the toughest thing about that was the toughest thing dealing with that. And then the other toughest thing was when, at one point, the admins, it was just me and Ricky. And I was back in FIFA 17. Dorsey, you left. And it was just me and Ricky. We had to do it. We had to do the stats. We had to do the transfers, transfer window. And on top of that, I had soccer, real-life soccer, which we traveled, and I had school. So it was, it was pretty tough. Sounds rather crazy, man. And then the wild season four. Anybody who was around for that remembers. I know I wasn't, but there's so many stories about it that I imagine it was pretty legendary. And then now we're in season eight, man. In terms of that discrepancy, what's the biggest difference between the start, you know, and the middle season four, and then maybe where we are now? The main difference, I feel like, is the quality of teams and how much we've progressed over these two FIFAs. I mean, honestly, like season one, the minimum you had to have was, I think, three players. Now you see most teams with a full 11, and you can just tell how good the quality is in Super League, especially the top six. I mean, season four, we had we had good quality teams, but there's a, a lot of defaults, a lot of drama still. The forms weren't that great. And it's just, there was like, you can just tell there's like one or two teams that are just way better than the rest. Now, the teams that we have now, season eight, they keep getting better and better, and we're attracting way more players. FIFA 19 is going to be a big big FIFA for PCN. That's all. I, I think so too. I really do think that with the you know release of the new FIFA season nine, I feel like we're going better into this season than we've done than any previous. We got more momentum. But with momentum, you know, you have a lot of people on the team. This isn't a 
this isn't tennis, this isn't golf, it's not even basketball or football. I mean, like, well, maybe football, but you have 11 guys on the pitch, and that's a lot. You play goalie. You, you've played goalie your whole career. Is that right? No, since season three. I was I played left back season one and two. A little bit of everything before. Yeah. But pretty that's, much you've settled on goalie. Definitely. Do you have a favorite goalie that you, you know, prefer that you watch on TV or, you know? My favorite keeper right now has to be Hugo Lloris. He's really short, and he's actually – he's not that strong, but he's a great keeper. And, like, I know this season wasn't his best season, but honestly, he's probably been Tottenham's most consistent player for the past three or four seasons. My other favorite keeper is Ter Stegen. He really proved himself this season. And I also just think he's remodeling keepers. That's like what Ederson and Nori have been doing. Same with Lloris. They're becoming better with their feet, more involved with the play, not just saving. They're coming out goal, starting attacks, stuff like that. And I wish I could do that, but FIFA 18, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe next FIFA. <laughs> One day they'll add a sleeper keeper. One day. Something I've I've noticed and I've kind of we've talked about before over time is that in PCN almost every single goalie seems to be like a teenager. Like the oldest one I know of is about nineteen twenty. So, is there a reason you think that is? Is it your young whippersnapper reactions? Why is it that all these keepers are just so young? I feel like the reason why, if you're a great keeper, you get a lot of recognition because that's. The, that's the only position you basically know how to play, in my opinion. I mean, that's all I really got to say about it. So you believe, I've always thought this too, that a defensive line, if you're a great center back, you are more valuable than a great striker. But to play keeper, I don't know, it goes back to that one-on-one. Like your response, Do you think that because people are younger, they know that if I do a great job, I have a spot, I shut it down? Do you think that has something to do with it? Yeah, and also, I just feel like keeper, it might be a hard position, but it's probably one of the easiest positions you can ever do. In all honesty, you can be an average keeper if you just give about one or two weeks of just flicking the stick. All you got to do is hold LB, flick the stick. And it's that simple, but just like sometimes people are just not as good as other people. And I feel like it's just down to reactions and how well you want to play a keeper. Big question here. Who is Lieutenant Pancake? <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Pancake was my auto ego until Ricky made me get rid of it. <laughs> I still hate you for that, Ricky. But no, no, no. I was going to change my name to Lieutenant Pancake. But the gamer tag's too big, which is which is awful. So I wanted to change it to a, like exotic waffle. But every time, but every time I suggest that. Everybody says no, keep free kick. So I was, I was like, all right, might as well just keep this awful gamer tag. <laughs> if you had to be stranded on a desert island with one or the other, the pancake or the waffle? It has to be the pancake. Oh, but the waffle, exotic waffles aren't, they're not bad. It's a close either. second. It's a close, a close second. second. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> If those of you who don't know, Free Kicker is a big Man City fan. He has his players he loves, and he has his players he does not quite love as much. 
So if you had to save one of Claudio Bravo or Raheem Sterling from a burning building, who would it be? Sterling, of course. Look at it this way. Claudio Bravo, old hag. Is he lived his life. <laughs> he's won the Champions League. He's won the, he's won the Liga. And he, he won a league with City. Not doing anything, but still. So I would just be like, all right, Claudio. You're like 35. You're old enough to die. Bye. Because Sterling... <laughs> Even though he's trash, he could be like he could be like a little bit better than trash. He could be like hot garbage. Yes, exactly, hot garbage <laughs> instead of cold. And that's why I would I would save Raheem. That's respectable. So let me ask you this: whether it's manager or player, what is the one thing that you feel each team could improve on in terms of locker room mentality? Don't lose your heads when you concede. Look, it's FIFA. It's a game. Stuff's going to happen to you. You're going to concede. You're not going to keep a clean sheet every game. All I want to say is the goalies, they try their best. But what happens is what you get is what you get. I can't control what I save. That's the one thing is that sometimes I don't think people understand that even though the goalies try, they still mess up, and it's like sometimes it's not even their fault. It's just the way the game is. But don't lose your head over it and just keep playing. I mean, that's excellent advice. Some teams can take it in stride and be like, all right, let's get it back. But I've been in teams where like we concede one goal, and really yes. everyone just starts popping off on each other. And Most of the time, it is a bad goal. Like It is like a pre- preventable goal. It was an awful goal. But it's just like it ha- it's going to happen because yeah. this game is so far from perfect or so far from good, in my opinion. And, I mean, you'll agree with this. Everything that a goal does is magnified. So a defender missing a tackle and getting a great shot is not right. thought about whenever a goalkeeper just makes a mistake, however you look at it. It's just so magnified, and that's, yes. that's tough. That's the one thing. I remember specifically season four. I made two big mistakes in, like, in a crucial game in season four. And I think that's what cost me my place in PCM Milan. When you mess up, you can see, and you, you just, everything just gets magnified. It does. Yeah. You guys probably have the hardest trek. You have the hardest route to go down. That kind of mentality that a goalkeeper's one mistake is going to be magnified 10 times that of the defensive line or a striker or midfield. And that resolve that you just went back to that, I think goalkeepers are the ones that are able to speak to that more than anybody because when they do wrong, everybody notices it. When they do right, they might get praised for it. It's a very thankless job. And one last thing. When I made mistakes, I kept blaming myself for it, and it was awful. Like There's a time in this FIFA where it was around like December. Every game I played, I just made a mistake. Mm -hmm. It just ruined me, especially on PC and Iceland. I let PC Nyson down a couple times during the Euro because I just, I just kept letting in bad goals. But then people I knew that, that know me that, that thinks I'm a good keeper, that know I'm a good keeper, they kept motivating me saying, it's okay, you'll get through this. And you know what? I did. I haven't made that many mistakes. But like when I do, when I make a mistake now, I just get over it because it's FIFA, it's whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I think you were a little rusty for Iceland. I still think you helped us more than you hurt us. But, you know, I knew from the start I wanted to use my keeper. I knew you were a little rusty. You maybe wouldn't be at the very top of your game, but that helped you get back into the league, helped you get to young boys. And to me, you've been one of the best keepers in the league again. And, 
you know, when you're playing regularly, you're always there. So just, you know, keep doing you. Yeah, buddy. Are you going to be around next year, right? You're around for the World Cup, around for next season? Definitely. I'm going to be right. around, especially for season nine. Next people. There we I go. Busted my knee. I'll be out for soccer for oh, six more months. Yeah, come get them for sure. Hit them up. Dorsey, you got any other questions in, in reference? No, just uh, thanks for coming on, Free Kick. Yo, Ricky. Hey, your next season thing. Be an admin, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> but I need a good offer, Ricky. If you hear me right now. Yeah, he'll hear you for sure. I got to say thank you, the Free Kicker, Quad, Lego, Dorsey, J-Way, everybody else who has been a part of this season, whether you've been mentioned or not. Super League D1, you guys make this league. This league is not possible without the members that are in. And I just got to say thank you to everyone who's made this podcast possible, the people before me who has made the league possible. Just keep it going. We all enjoy it, and let's keep growing. But I just got to say I enjoy it, boys. Dorsey, you got anything else, buddy? I think that'll do it. Thanks so much right. for being on, and we will be off next week officially <laughs> for 4th of yep. July. Uh, enjoy your break, everybody. Hope you have a good time next Wednesday, and then we'll be back probably one or two more podcasts this season, kind of wrap things up, and then take a little break for the World Cup, and then we'll get into the World Cup, and I'm sure we'll have some good content for you guys then. For sure, for sure. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Thank you all. Thank you for having me.